in this fast paced and highly competitive world where the entire younger generation is thinking about startups the primary resources that are required are the ideas time money people raw material etc and in order to function properly every business organization be it small big startup or a medium size or anything it requires working capital and working capital is something that is needed for the proper functioning of the organization and when it comes to the established businesses it is really taken care by the seasoned finance professionals but many a times startups struggle to find some help in terms of managing the working capital effectively so that they can grow at the pace that they expect hello hi there welcome to hello. the guiding voice podcast series the guiding voice for a better future this podcast is for professional students it employees and entrepreneurs to shape their careers dear listeners in every episode we interact with industry experts or thought leaders or academicians or coaches across the globe to drive some insightful conversations that will help each one of you learn great things also we share an interesting trivia or a fun fact about the it world or technology towards the end thank you for tuning in this is navin samala and with my co-host sudhakar naganla so folks today we are going to discuss a very important topic optimize startup funding and we are pleased to welcome charu to our show hello thank you navin and sudhakar for this opportunity to interact with uh, your audience i look forward to sharing what i know and uh, learn during this conversation thank you charu a mechanical engineer working in finance that is charu datta who is helping micro small and medium enterprises msmes that is transform their business and he mentors the startups charu has authored two books he participates in various industrial forums to share his knowledge professionally he is the managing partner of sukrut consultants and ceo of grapples solutions charu welcome to our show thank you okay charu let's get started How did it all start? Please share your professional journey so far. I'm sure you did not start as the managing director and the CEO, right? Yeah. So if I really want to boast myself then I can seriously say that I somewhere go close to Steve Jobs, right? So Steve Jobs in his famous Stanford address had said that you connect the dots and you don't really realize how things would happen eventually. So that's how the journey started for me as well. I became mechanical engineer by default because my cousin was a mechanical engineer and I always uh, felt that I need to be mechanical engineer so it was something that happened by default and when I actually passed I realized that I'm really not good at actually doing the core engineering part nor I was really good at doing anything onto the IT part so neither coding nor uh, the the core uh, work but uh, basically made me interested so the only thing that uh, really attracted me was basically people and working with them so naturally the job uh, which was closest to this was sales so i started in sales uh, worked for about uh, 10 years in pune primarily into uh, different msmes uh, working into engineering space i ran a software for two and a half years i realized what are the pain points that they would have how things really uh, become difficult for them and after this assessment i realized that probably it's time to gain something more and i decided to join ibm i worked with ibm into a software group uh, but with then the business was sold to deso so moved to deso and final stint was with sap india 
SAP India was the time when I got an overview of the complete uh, organization and how the enterprise systems really work. But then I realized that this limited, the, if I look at in India, we have got almost about 6.3 million uh, companies. Out of them, how many of them are really using SAP and the real advantage of them? So there was a far larger chunk outside this, which uh, was perfect for them to get some understanding of SMEs. So I stepped out of SAP with an understanding that the knowledge that I have gained for uh, from these uh, larger corporations is something that I will pass on to the smaller enterprises. And that journey has been continuing for the last six years. There have been some amazing learnings and we are trying to do our level best to make an impact. Wow. Like Steve Jobs said, right? The point that you, men- uh, you mentioned, you cannot connect the dots looking forward. You can only connect the dots looking backwards, right? And Absolutely. the great story that he mentioned about the three dots. Really like the way you mentioned that, you know, you are a mechanical engineer by qualification because your cousin was a mechanical engineer. <laughs> That's I think uh, most of the listeners will be able to connect it, especially those who are in India, because we typically get influenced by the family members, right? You know, it's amazing that you did sales, you did shop floor for a couple of years, IBM, SAP, and it is really great to see that you moved into this entrepreneurship. So, Charu, please describe the transition from the typical IBM, SAP corporate world into entrepreneurship. How was it to be on the other side of the table now for you? The shifting from corporate uh, career to the SME or the entrepreneurship happened in two stages. The first stage uh, when I stepped out of SAP, I looked at uh, the opportunity of uh, joining with uh, an old uh, audit firm and together we explored the opportunity of reaching out to multiple clients. So the idea was basically to build on uh, what the audit firm is doing and then uh, gain uh, different uh, access to the client because that was perfectly possible with the audit firm and then try and see what is the value add that we can do. So in this process, we uh, work with uh, clients like uh, L&T, Siemens, uh, most of the cement companies in India, Birla Group, Pharma companies. So we could create a lot of value for them. However, then still, this particular access was limited to only uh, one particular set of uh, uh, clients. So in order to reach out to a further uh, wider client, that's when I decided to step out and start this firm called Surut Consultants. Uh, It's around a four-year-old firm now. And we have been working with uh, a variety of uh, clients, primarily onto the SME space. So some of them are startups, some of them are uh, into production services side, early stage uh, startups to certain companies which are operational for about 20 years. So that's a a nice mix that has happened uh, over the last four years. And the transition uh, happened a lot at the personal level also, because when you work with a corporate and when you are dealing with professionals, you expect them to have certain basic understanding and execute certain specific behavior. But when you uh, start discussing about uh, the SMEs, people come with a lot of prejudice, particularly around consultants as well, because they don't really get good experience from consultants. So when you go and tell them that you are a consultant, then they will first look at you and then see, is this guy really going to do something additional or he is just one of those guys who is going to raise the bill at the end of the month. So that's uh, one thing that uh, where we face challenges. So we uh, were able to overcome these challenges by uh, delivering consistent value to multiple clients. So that happened. And at the personal level also, I realized that probably we need to be more into educative role, more of the information sharing role, educating the promoters to a certain level before we can actually go and uh, discuss with them regarding specific uh, consulting part. So that evolution has happened at the individual level as well as the overall uh, company strategy. That's quite interesting and as well as uh, inspirational at the same time. And I think based on your experience of uh, looking at the client struggling to get proper guidance and all and that you have 
modeled into a business altogether and rather than calling it as a business i see that noble intention and the purpose that you are that with which it has started is uh, something which takes a lot of predominance here all right so shifting gears slightly and talking about the current pandemic situation and uh, it has impacted our gdp it has impacted our inflation and all right so how do you see this indian economy recovering charu in your opinion based on the study that you have done so far Uh, this is something that is uh, absolutely unprecedented so if you look at a similar situation this has happened only around 100 years back and the world was quite different then so the today is a connected world so the impact from one uh, geography to other geography moved very fast so that happened the pandemic created and at some point in time under the uh, naturally the people pressure wherein lives matter compared more to the industry there was a decision to go for a lockdown and this happened worldwide particularly in india that was sudden but that saved lives but that has created a lot of uh, challenges for uh, people who are into smaller businesses because they were never really prepared for this the larger companies create something called as a business continuity plan they would understand how things would happen there would be a proper framework there would be backups created they would have the it infrastructure and everything is there but for a smaller entrepreneur he is always very comfortable dealing with somebody he based on how an individual walks into his cabin he will really know ki what's the, the question that his fellow is going to ask whether he has done the job or not so smes the smaller businesses tend to be far more people centric compared to the process centric and that was one of the challenge that msmes faced they were always planning for the incremental revenue because numbers before that were looking good there was a expected boom in the economy the government was talking about becoming the third largest economy in the world and everything was going on a positive side before all of a sudden everything was stopped so this was a shocker and lot of people actually struggled at that point in time to really understand how this impact should be assessed in first place and that's what led to my first book when i wrote a book called surviving 2020 just to help people understand how they should systematically assess the impact of covid on their business and i conducted sessions for more than 1000 corporates through variety of industry associations so we did it with the chemical industry manufacturing industry a startup ecosystem so we ran multiple sessions to help people systematically understand how they would look at the impact and once this impact was known then people could design their own strategies to overcome this challenge and i believe that people have adopted quite reasonably even the smallest of these setup changed their uh, mindset they started uh, letting people work from home and then they realized that it is fair that only the production staff comes to the office and everybody else can work from home and still ha- things happen smoothly that has happened the digital adoption happened uh, much faster so we were into a far better place wherein before this uh, the second lockdown has now come but people this time are far uh, more prepared so the operations continue to much better compared to what happened in uh, last uh, march april and may so this time the situation is far better what is also helping the indian economy right now is the fact that the entire world is now looking at india as a responsible partner the whole thing around the vaccine maitri wherein we helped uh, the smaller countries and multiple countries with the vaccine wherein our own numbers was also a challenge and we actually started our vaccination drive little uh, later compared to the other world because we were actually supplying it to them and this whole thing has created a very positive impact globally so people are looking at india as a responsible partner most of the global mncs are now looking at opportunities for sourcing certain things from india so the positive results are already out one of the engineering company which is uh, i think at this point in time the third largest file manufacturer in the world now already has got its order books full because people now don't want to source from china they want to source from india so engineering companies who have a niche are already seeing a very positive traction organic food is seeing a good traction 
thing even on the smaller level things like the reusable toys or wooden toys we are going back so that is where people are now saying how they can promote the sustainable living what is the way for them to create more value for themselves and more value for the uh, people around them so that's where this is improving and if you look at the surveys which are coming in the imf has already predicted that india would be recovering anywhere between 8 to 12% this year so earlier we were expecting a v shaped recovery that will normally be around a u shaped recovery now the numbers will start improving uh, from august and we will be back close to the annual numbers by fourth quarter that is already happening along with this the other indicator which is a very positive indicator is the gst collection so gst collection is uh, improving month on month which primarily shows that the whole uh, gst net is widening more people are coming into formal ecosystem and the biggest advantage of people coming into formal ecosystem is the availability of capital if you see in india right now just about 16% of msmes get the formal credit everybody else operates through cash imagine out of the whole 6.3 crore companies that we talk about just about 16% are in the formal system everybody else is outside the formal system they may do banking but they don't get the credit imagine if the credit flows to these people what's a tremendous impact they can create so this is i'm very positive about it i see a lot of attraction coming in for india people going for buying local products and that would create tremendous opportunities for indian investors this is great a lot of insights shared within short span and i am also optimistic about indian companies and india recovering very quickly and now talking a little bit about the startup ecosystem in india like what is your opinion about indian startup ecosystem because right now if you look at the state wide initiatives there are for, for example i am based out of uh, hyderabad now and we have this t hub v hub likewise government is into multiple initiatives karnataka has been at the forefront of uh, uh, supporting startups from the past and all yes. but what should the founders be focusing on and what's your overall big picture view on this particular topic Okay. Uh, somebody mentioned a very interesting comment to me last week. One of the CFOs when I was meeting him said, "We are basically talking about uh, US of 1980s." So he compared India to what US was around 1980s and how then the things exploded and then the whole revolution happened. So I really like that comparison. It's about a difference of 41 years, but still I think uh, a signal that curve would happen. So the ecosystem is right now getting created. Is it completely ready? The answer is no. Uh, the ecosystem is still getting evolved. but there are multiple stakeholders who are trying to create an impact like the educational institutes the leading educational institutes also right now got their own uh, entrepreneurship hubs they are encouraging students who get start something on their own so that is happening at the premier institutions the mba colleges are also right now promoting different courses so getting a lot of things around how the startups can be run what things need to happen at the startup level they are encouraging people to join startups so there is a qualified workforce which is coming in the new generation uh, who are uh, probably not really content with uh, doing a 9 to 6 job are also looking at some bigger challenge compared to what uh, the a normal job would offer so there is a greater tendency towards the qualified workforce also to get into something of their own so that is also right now helping the challenge that i see in the whole startup ecosystem are uh, primarily three challenges so at a larger level uh, if you look at it the availability of capital is a challenge that is what is stated but my personal view is that that availability of capital is basically uh, is compared to how the us looks at the startup ecosystem so india may not really follow the same system so that may not be a big challenge uh, as of now because we are more of a bootstrapped uh, model which is building up compared to a large funding thing right so large funding thing is normally restricted to the byjus of the world where they talk about the big game 
whereas the others mostly are uh, dealing into the bootstrap and then building up a model something like a zerodha is probably more of a benchmark for indian companies compared to a baijus so that is uh, if, if you compare the difference to two companies and appreciate the difference between the two a lot of people will like to in india to create a zerodha rather than uh, creating a baijus so this is what is building up so that one thing is building up the second uh, point that i see is a lot of incubators are coming in india so that's a very positive sign so there is a professional help uh, which is available uh, things like founders institute uh, which is coming in opening up uh, multiple centers so that one thing is happening and the third and a very significant thing which is happening is a nascom initiative called product management so nascom has uh, right now uh, created a initiative wherein they are encouraging lot of people to start managing the products so their idea is to create almost about 10000 product managers because if you want to really the startups to create a value or even the valuation for that matter that would come from the products that you are developing if you just become a services startup then you are just like any other company so infosys started much earlier so they have gone to a certain level but infosys also has got its own pinnacle right so somewhere we need to look at developing more products and more are the products that are getting generated it is far easier to reach out to a wider audience and create a far bigger uh, impact uh, globally compared to doing the services so that's one thing which is happening so nascom initiatives like the product management uh, coupled with the availability of uh, capital and the uh, incubators would create a very significant impact into the indian startup ecosystem thank you charu i liked those two analogies us of 80s and appreciate the three components that you highlighted nascom product management and the professional help through number of incubators and of course the most important one the fund capital so continuing on that fund aspect how can indian startups address these funding challenges like you know if you are in west coast in bay area you know you have that uh, uh, in a way structured approach already established so you can have your own flexible model but at the end of structure is always there same is the case if you are in um, Tel Aviv in Israel as well because you have that ecosystem little more matured I would say. Yes. Uh, how about India? Great to note that you talked about 6.3 million companies which are in that uh, you know SMSC segment. But uh, you know how to take care of this funding challenges from end to end perspective? Okay. So uh, I would divide this funding ch- challenges at uh, three different levels. The first would be uh, the smaller uh, credit, the smaller MSMEs. Uh, for the smaller MSMEs right now. the government is bringing in lot of uh, things like the the startup india schemes or stand up schemes which are available specifically for women then there are uh, grants up to almost around 50 lakhs available for if you want to start some smaller uh, more employment uh, friendly or more employment generating uh, initiatives like uh, the agro tourism or if you want to get into even the smallest stuff thing like the manufacturing of essential sticks so these are the smaller initiatives wherein you can get funding up to 50 lakhs and you can start that's a good amount to start this kind of initiatives so at the very the smallest of the level on the manufacturing side wherein the employment generation would be much on the higher side the uh, sources ideally should be things like mudra loan or the stand up india scheme or uh, the different loans available through sbi or government schemes that is one approach secondly when you look at the startup the startups uh, there is a challenge because not many startups have a very detailed plan which is prepared for them and so what they do is that they have a concept and based on this concept they start working so they don't really uh, once they start working they create uh, some kind of a model they want to go and sell it to the client at this point in time lot of people automatically want to start looking for funding 
without having a proper minimum viable product in place or without even having a client in place so just because they have an idea and they have created some presentations around it or some services around it that's a point in time wherein people want to raise the money i believe that that is something that's not going to happen in india the days of uh, you getting the funding or even the angel funding purely based on a, a concept are probably gone so right now what people would look at is that you need to have a minimum viable product your business case needs to be proved for you to get that uh, funding so what i would recommend is that when you are starting a any enterprise or when you want to launch a startup the founding people need to create an action plan of what would be the timeline for them to create a minimum viable product when can they get uh, the first uh, order and what would be the time for them to take care of their monthly expenses from the revenue that they are generating once they create this uh, financial plan and then they look at how they are going to raise this funds and then they raise those uh, these many funds and run the operation till the time the minimum viable product is proved it is accepted by a customer and then they keep building on the top of it that's a point in time they can get sufficient capital whatever that they need because the product is proven the initial challenges are also clear so both the things would happen so for the startups i would suggest that they need to get the minimum viable product and the first customer on their roll before they should go for the funding the third challenge which is coming in that's on to the existing msmes and who are under tremendous trouble so in india almost uh, around 90% of the msmes are impacted so the revenue loss is anywhere between around 15% to in certain cases it is even high, as high as about 85% so there has been a very significant drop in revenue and because there is a drop in the revenue there is no cash to manage the cash flow so what needs to happen for them is that they need to look at things like the emergency credit line scheme or there is a new restructuring scheme which is scheme which is launched by rbi so what is going to happen under these schemes is the government will look at that even if your account was npa just before the lockdown or it happened uh, it turned into npa during the lockdown you can go and approach the bank and ask them to restructure your account and they will give you about 30% of the loan that you are already asking for so if you look at uh, if you are operating within a working capital of 1 crore and you get additional 30 lakhs which will set practically your requirement for next 2 months is taken care of or at least you would be able to revive, revive the business in uh, for next 2 months and then with this particular amount you can start producing sell it to the client work with the right payment terms and get more money and your business can start uh, resuming so that's what can happen so addresses so the government schemes can be utilized perfectly for starting at the uh, if you are starting a manufacturing startup which will have more uh, employment impact or if you are a startup then you need to prepare on your home and if you are already suffering from the challenges then you need to get your house in order go for the schemes like emergency credit line for uh, you to get back on track amazing i, I really like that framework that you talked about continuing on that i know you wrote that book about how to make that working capital work for you i i, I may not be exactly mentioning the title but yeah so okay, let let's talk about that book what exactly you covered in that book of working capital working for you this is a challenge that i observed in last uh... Nine months or so, particularly after the pandemic, when we started interacting with multiple companies, what we realized is that because they were expecting a lot of orders to come their way, they kept on getting unsecured money, and this unsecured money came at anywhere between about two percent per month to three percent per month, which will practically mean that you will end up paying about thirty percent to forty percent higher in a year's time. And what that that led to a situation wherein the entire profit got eroded by this uh, incremental cost of capital and all these companies ended up doing was they had to work 
produce everything, get the money, just to ensure that they are actually repaying the loans. So there was really no valuation that was getting generated for this uh, promoter. So promoter is putting in his own money. He is putting in his time for three, four, five years to create this business. But even after putting these many years, he actually ends up earning all the money for the lender and not for himself. With that particular uh, challenge uh, being experienced across so many sectors, that's why I said, okay, let me look at a topic wherein I can help these uh, people with a framework as to how they can systematically optimize their working capital and work within the uh, limits that they have so that they ensure that the capital that they are deploying makes money and it comes to their bank account rather than to the lender's account. Again, amazing thought process. And in fact, we need to appreciate you going ahead and launching a book, not for commercial purpose, but just as a means to help someone who is struggling in that field. So kudos to you, Charu. Thank you. And this has been great conversation so far. And let's add some spice by asking a few interesting rapid fire questions. Are you ready? Absolutely. Okay. So probably you can answer these questions really quick in less than two to three words or so. Sure. As quick as possible. And here comes my very first bullet. What is the most adventurous thing that you have done so far? Marriage. We'll share this episode with your wife. <laughs> what is your favorite failure, Charu? A failure to cope up to the corporate culture. Oh my God. That's bang on. <laughs> if you were to rename yourself, what would it be? Uh, that would be uh, a good friend. Surud, that's my son's name. So that is something that I would like to rename myself. Awesome. And uh, I think this is a wrong question. To be wrong person, but I would like to still go ahead with it. How would you spend a million dollars in 10 days? A million dollars in uh, 10 days? Uh, I would be investing them. <laughs> investing them on two parts. One is the experience with the family. Uh, travel around the world for 10 days. And half of that would uh, get into the SME fund. Awesome. Awesome. So, yeah, great, great uh, answer so far. One last one for the rapid fire. What is the best gift that you have ever received uh, so far from someone? That's my daughter. Superb. Superb. So, fantastic rapid fire and uh, thanks for the spirit and over to you, Sudhakar. Thank you, Naveen. So, Charu, you know, this has been an amazing conversation. Really appreciate you providing that broader perspective of startup ecosystem, especially focusing in India in this pandemic situations. So, one final question for this session is, what will be your one piece of advice to those aspiring to make big in their respective startups? Belief. I think the biggest thing that people need at this point in time is belief because there are so many negative news uh, that are around. We are seeing some success story. We are seeing some uh, challenges. People are changing. People are going through very different uh, set of challenges at individual level. So those things get reflected in their behavior when they come to the office or when they come to the virtual meeting. So some point in time, a lot of time the faith is uh, shaken. So the most important thing that uh, any entrepreneur now needs to have is the belief in the fact that he is trying to make a difference and he is going to really contribute. So if he believes in his cause, he'll be able to make that impact. Amazing. With that great note that, you know, believe in yourself. Thank you so much for joining us today, Charu. We really appreciate your open and candid conversation. And I think this rapid fire is something that is icing on the cake, I would say. It was indeed great to talk to you about the overall uh, startup ecosystem and specifically on optimizing the funds. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for this opportunity. It was amazing to interact with you. I've been uh, listening to your podcast and they've been making a, a very great difference. So I'm really happy to be able to contribute to this. And I look forward to more conversations with you again. That would be our pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. would like to have you again and again. And thanks again for the 
wonderful insights thank you all right so it brings us to the trivia segment of today's episode and today's trivia is about tech acquisition so folks here comes the question what is the biggest tech acquisition so far in the history i know you are thinking but let me tell you it is the dell's buyout of emc in the year 2015 is one of the biggest tech acquisitions and uh, I think it was sold for $67 billion in cash and stock. That particular buyout stands to be the largest buyout so far and it took place in 2015. Interesting, isn't it? Thank you for listening. There is more in store, folks. Stay tuned. Take care. Be safe. Until next time. Bye-bye. And we are signing off for today. We'll see you all in the next episode. Thank you.